Good morning and welcome to Current Radio. It's Thursday, December 28th. Today we're looking at China's crackdown on aerospace defense executives and North Korea's call for accelerated war preparations. Plus, we delve into how local politics in Germany is delaying weapons for Ukraine, and we analyze the critical point the GOP White House race is hitting. This coverage and more, up next. Welcome to Current Radio's Politics Station. Please enjoy today's selection of political news. In a significant development, Beijing has stripped three top executives from China's aerospace and defense sector of their political titles. This comes as part of China's ongoing crackdown on corruption in crucial sectors. Abby, can you give us more details on this? Certainly, Michael. The Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference, or CPPCC, has decided to revoke the seats of Wu Yansheng, Lu Shiquan, and Wang Changqing. These individuals held high-ranking positions in the China Aerospace Science and Technology Corporation, the China North Industries Group Corporation, and the China Aerospace Science and Industry Corporation, respectively. All three companies are among the top entities in China's aerospace and defense field. These are major players in the sector. What does this mean for the companies and the industry as a whole? Well, Michael, it's a clear signal that Beijing is serious about its anti-corruption drive. The removal of these executives could potentially disrupt the operations of these companies in the short term. However, it's also a move towards greater transparency and accountability, which could strengthen the industry in the long run. And this isn't the only instance of such action, is it? There was another high-profile case recently. That's right, Michael. Hu Wenming, the former party chief and chairman of China Shipbuilding Industry Corporation, was sentenced to 13 years in prison and fined 5 million yuan, equivalent to about 700,000, for taking bribes and abusing his power. Hu was a key figure in China's aircraft carrier program, overseeing the development of the Liaoning, a refitted Soviet warship, and the Shandong, China's first domestically built aircraft carrier. So it seems like Beijing is making a concerted effort to clean up corruption in its defense and aerospace sector. What might be the implications of this for the global defense industry? China's defense and aerospace sector is a significant player on the global stage. Any shakeup in this sector could have ripple effects across the international defense industry. However, it's also worth noting that a more transparent and accountable industry in China could lead to more trust and potentially more collaboration with international partners. Interesting times ahead indeed. Thanks for the insights, Abby. In a shift of focus, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un has recently called for an acceleration in war preparations, including its nuclear program, in response to what he perceives as confrontational moves by the United States. Abby, our foreign affairs correspondent, is here to provide some context. Abby, what can you tell us about this development? Thank you, Michael. This is indeed a significant development. Kim Jong-un's call for accelerated war preparations comes amidst an ongoing meeting of North Korea's ruling Workers' Party. The official Korean Central News Agency reported that Kim has outlined tasks for the People's Army and the munitions industry, including the nuclear weapons and civil defense sectors. What does this mean for the geopolitical situation in the region, especially considering the recent deepening of political and defense cooperation between South Korea, Japan, and the U.S.? This certainly adds a new layer of complexity to an already tense situation. The U.S., South Korea, and Japan have been strengthening their cooperation in response to a series of weapons tests by Pyongyang. They've recently activated a system to share real-time data on North Korean missile launches. 
the arrival of a U.S. nuclear-powered submarine in South Korea, and the deployment of long-range bombers for drills with Seoul in Tokyo are clear indications of this deepening cooperation. And how has North Korea been responding to these developments? North Korea has been escalating its own military activities. They've successfully launched a military spy satellite, tested their most advanced intercontinental ballistic missile, and even enshrined nuclear power status in the country's constitution. Kim Jong-un has also defined 2023 as a year of great turn and great change, with eye-opening victories. It's interesting to note that North Korea has also been deepening ties with Russia. Could this be a strategic move by Pyongyang? Absolutely, Michael. North Korea has been expanding strategic cooperation with what Kim Jong-un calls anti-imperialist independent countries. Kim's recent visit to Russia, where he toured military bases and weapons factories, is a clear indication of this. There are also concerns that Pyongyang is supplying military equipment to Moscow for use in its conflict with Ukraine in exchange for Russian technological know-how. So, it seems like North Korea is not only ramping up its military and nuclear capabilities, but also strategically aligning itself with other nations. In an unexpected turn of events, a local German government has become a stumbling block in Europe's efforts to boost arms production and aid Ukraine in its struggle against Russia's invasion. Abby, our correspondent, is here to delve deeper into this issue. Abby, could you shed some light on this? Absolutely, Michael. The city council of Troisdorf, a municipality near Cologne, has temporarily blocked an expansion plan by a major arms company. This move is challenging the European Union's ability to increase weapon production at a critical time. The EU had earlier pledged to ramp up supplies of artillery shells to Ukraine, which is facing shortfalls. What's the rationale behind Troisdorf's decision? Surely they understand the urgency of the situation. The council cites development needs as the reason for their decision. The local authority plans to convert the site, which is about the size of 50 football pitches and located near the city center, into homes and offices. The arms manufacturer, Deal Defense, on the other hand, wanted to buy the land to expand its production capacity. This has led to a standoff between the two parties. How does this impact the EU's commitment to Ukraine, especially considering the EU's pledge to provide one million artillery rounds by March 2024? The Troidorf site plays a crucial role in Europe's objectives to back Ukraine. The factory there produces ignition devices needed for large quantities of explosives, such as rockets and missile charges. These parts are used in the manufacture of the Iris-T air defense system, three of which have been delivered by the German government to Ukraine. With the site's future in jeopardy, it could potentially disrupt the EU's commitment to aid Ukraine. So what's the reaction from the German defense minister and other officials on this issue? German defense minister Boris Pistorius has called on local and regional authorities to work to speed up the rate of arms production. He stated in parliament that there is a real bottleneck on ammunition in Europe and Germany. However, Troisdorf's mayor remains unmoved despite these calls and mediation meetings. The mayor is not alone in his resistance, as similar concerns have been raised in other regions of Germany as well. It's a complex issue indeed. The need for arms production to support Ukraine is critical, but it's clear that local development needs and public acceptance are also significant factors. Now shifting our focus to the 2024 presidential race, the Republican candidates are back on the campaign trail. The question on everyone's mind is whether any of these candidates can pose a real challenge to Donald Trump. Abby, our political correspondent, is here to discuss this with us. Abby, what's the current state of the Republican primary race? Well, Michael, the race is heating up. 
Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis are holding events in New Hampshire and Iowa, respectively. These states are crucial for their campaigns. However, Trump, despite facing multiple legal battles, remains a strong contender. Speaking of legal battles, Trump's campaign is quite unique in that it's intertwined with his legal issues. Can you shed some light on that? Yes, Trump's campaign is indeed unprecedented. He's facing 91 criminal charges across four cases, and his legal battles have become inseparable from his campaign. He's even appealing a decision from the Colorado Supreme Court to bar him from the ballot based on the Constitution's curb on insurrectionists serving in office. These legal proceedings could significantly impact his campaign. Now let's talk about Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. How are they positioning themselves in this race? Haley seems to be gaining momentum in New Hampshire, where she's positioning herself as a credible anti-Trump candidate. However, she's been cautious about directly criticizing Trump, likely to avoid alienating GOP primary voters. DeSantis, on the other hand, is focusing his efforts on Iowa. After a challenging 2023, he's hoping to defy expectations and revive his campaign. And what about the incumbent, President Biden? How is he faring amidst all this? Biden's hopes for re-election are clouded by low approval ratings, concerns about his age, and a sour national mood. However, Trump's extreme behavior may be making Biden's point for him, that his predecessor is too dangerous to democracy to allow back in the Oval Office. It's going to be a challenging year for Biden, but his campaign is already seizing on Trump's controversial actions to make their case. It's certainly shaping up to be a fascinating race. With that, we conclude our stories for today and look forward to having you back here at Current Radio tomorrow.